Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. During one of those down days after Christmas, Ardell and I decided to take a walk in the park with our daughter Kate, who was still home from, uh, for the holidays. But Omicron was barreling down the pandemic highway toward Memphis, so as we were leaving the house, I had been texting with Calvary's senior warden, Anna Catherine Word, about moving a vestry treat that we'd planned for St. Columba onto Zoom. I was about as excited about this prospect as a boy who's Birthday party was supposed to involve a large cake at the Children's Museum. Instead, he's handed a paper hat and made to sit down to the same soggy cornflakes he's eaten for the last 364 breakfasts in a row. Anna Catherine, of course, had a much better attitude about the whole thing, which is why the retreat actually turned out to be lovely. But that morning, she'd been texting ideas about icebreakers to get it all started. And it just so happened that at Vassar, where Kate went to college, Check-in questions had become de rigueur during the pandemic. So she offered a few as we went walking. They could be as straightforward as, so what are you listening to right now? Or as quirky as, what's your favorite texture? One prof began an online class with, what's the weather outside where you are? And what's your inside weather like? Several earnest students missed that inside weather was meant to be metaphorical and typed air-conditioned into the chat box. But given our pandemic obsession with virus loads and the aerosols we expel, we all agreed the best check-in question of them all was, so what are you spreading? We didn't actually use it at the retreat, but it's good, right? What are you spreading? What leaks or spreads or sprays out from your life into the world every day? Or what is it you hope you're spreading? I actually think... I might live a better life if someone asked me this on a regular basis. Wouldn't you? So this is me asking. What are you spreading? The question's actually not a bad way into Jesus' teaching in the sixth chapter of Luke, either. Beginning last Sunday, we've been hearing what's sometimes called the Sermon on the Plain. There are clear similarities between it and the Sermon on the Mount over in Matthew, And the difference in setting, we're told he came down and stood on a level place rather than tromping up a hill. And slight differences in details. The poor are just poor, not poor in spirit, as Catherine noted last week. These fundamental similarities and the curious differences combine to suggest that these really were essential ethical teachings of Jesus. Things he taught in different places to different crowds at different times. They constitute his fullest description of the way of life he would also live out all the way to the cross. Last week we also heard that while the Beatitudes are all blessedness in Matthew 5, in Luke chapter 6, each blessed are you has a corresponding woe. Blessed are the poor, the hungry, the weeping, and the hated. But woe to the rich, the filled, the laughing, and the reputable. So in the first half of the sermon, 
Jesus reverses our assumptions about what kinds of people should count themselves among God's blessed and beloved ones. And what kinds of people should watch out. But then in our reading today, he follows that with a teaching. Not about our station or state in life, but how we're actually supposed to act. How we're supposed to live. It's a teaching about what your life and mine are supposed to spread if we claim to be followers of this Jesus. I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. There's a balancing of opposites here too, of course. There are enemies on either side of their enmities. There are haters and the hated, the ones flinging curses and the ones being cursed, those who abuse and strike and steal, and there are those on the wrong end of all those wrongs. But what the Beatitudes have done is say very clearly that Jesus is talking to us when we're the people on the wrong end of the world's wrongs. He's talking to his blessed ones. And after seeming to say, woe to you wrongdoers, you're going to get what you've got coming to you, he turns to his people and says, but they're not going to get it from you because you can't be Christian and get even. You can't be Christian and live trying to get your due. To be Christian is to give the world something entirely different from what the world has thrown at you. In the middle verses of the passage, he explains what should be very obvious to us. If if you give back to the world what you've gotten from the world, what's so admirable about that? Or put another way, if you spread only what you've caught, whether love, hatred, indebtedness, forgiveness, whatever, if you spread the same stuff that was spread to you, well, nothing's changed in this world because you were in it. But each time someone gives something other than what they've received, spreads love to an enemy, spreads goodness to a hater, a blessing to someone muttering curses against them, forgiveness maybe even to a thief. Every time that happens, a link in a long and terrible chain snaps in two. And the snap in that chain is Christianity. It's not an aspect of Christianity. It's not one particular feature of the way of Jesus. It's at the heart of his way. For all that is strange and elusive in some of Jesus' teachings, the essence of his way is devastatingly clear. Love like God loves. He reminds us that God doesn't give mercy to the world because the world has been merciful to God. God isn't kind because the world is kind. Kindness and mercy are what God spreads because of who God is, not because of who we are. All Jesus is asking us is to attempt to live out our own small and imperfect versions of the godly life. Which is to say, don't let what you spread be determined by what you've received from a violent and vengeful world. Spread what you've received from God 
which is kindness, which is mercy, which is forgiveness. I've been watching the Olympics a little bit, and I'm kind of proud to report that I'm really not that into it. (laughs) But I do think I've finally come to understand the sport of curling. I'm still clueless about strategy. I have no idea how the scoring system works. But I'm pretty sure that the ultimate uh, purpose of curling is to make sports less interesting to us. (laughs) Which might just be a godly purpose. And I say this as someone who's still gloating quite a bit about Arkansas's scrappy takedown of Tennessee on the basketball court yesterday. (laughs) But the metaphors we live by in this culture are metaphors of battle, aren't they? Which sports are all relatively innocent versions of, but versions nonetheless. You and I are formed to believe that this life is a battle, that the best of us morally, economically, culturally, even religiously, will be brought forth in some grand competition, which is to say the best of us comes forth as a fighting response to the ones we're opposed to. And make no mistake, there is a vast outrage industrial complex, if you will, with television channels and websites and algorithms that are all carefully designed to tell you who your enemies are. It will tell you whom to curse, whom to hate, whom to judge, and whom to condemn. It's hard enough to love our enemies. David Waters and a few others are convincing me now that it is way past time that Christians limit or eliminate all those extra sources of rage and condemnation in the media we consume. Ask yourself truthfully if what you read or watch or listen to every day will actually help you live out the way of Jesus in Luke 6. If it won't, don't you think Jesus might have us just turn it off? Why take in more of what exactly what Jesus doesn't want his followers to be spreading into his world? So what are you spreading? What are we spreading as Jesus' church? Is it the same old judgment and condemnation that the world's violent battles are made to arouse in us? Or does what we have to offer of the world have a different source, a source that is mercy, a source that is love, gift, forgiveness. Give these away with your life, says Jesus, especially to your enemies and your opponents, and these are what will come back to you and fill up your life. And when a good measure of some small mercy that we finally manage to give away, pressed down, shaken together, running over is put back into our laps, Won't we wonder why we spent even a moment of these short and precious lives of ours spreading anything else? If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.